Good evening, it's 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. This is Chaim Bravander. And we're talking about, we're learning together the parsha, something about the parsha, the two parshiot this week, by Yakel and Pekude. This shear is being given in memory of Ofer Agassi Zal by his loving family. There, there, there are several questions that you can ask about the parashiot of Yakel Pekude that are so obvious that they don't even bother us that much. But, for example, let's take Vayakel, the beginning of Vayakel and Pekude. You remember Vayakel and Pekude are kind of the mirror image of Truman Tetzaveh. So that the last five parashiyot in the Torah are more or less Truma Tetzaveh, Truma Tetzaveh, which is about building the Mishkan, starting from the Kalim, the vessels, and then the how they built the structure that the Kalim were put into. That's Tetzaveh. And the big day Kuhuna, of course, the clothing that the Kohanim wore. That's Truma. And Tetzaveh, and a little bit of Kitisa, the third parasha. But in Kitisa, in Kitisa, there is a rather extensive description of the Chet Ha'egel, the sin of the golden calf. And after that, Vayakel Pekude, our parashiot for this week, which again tell me the story about building the Mishkan the Kalim and the house that held the Kalim in it. So you have Truva Tetzave, the Mishkan, Hitisa, Cheta Egel, Vayakil Pekude, the Mishkan. Now we were taught by Rashi that we should uh, uh, not imagine that the Torah repeats things for no reason at all. But anytime there's a repetition, we have to find some rationale or some reason for that repetition. And that's certainly true about a long repetition, like Truman Tetzave is pretty much mirrored in Vayakil Pekude. And those of you who are not sure about that point, you could take a look at the Chomish, and you'll see there's very little Rashi commentary in Vayakel Pekude, because Rashi has already commented on those things in Truma Tetzave. So Rashi had a week off every time we came to Vayakel Pekude. So we, we, we don't get it. Why would the Torah have to write the same thing over and over again? Davka, especially when we are speaking about the Mishkan, we're speaking about the, the tabernacle. Right? Why, why was it repeated? Why was it repeated? That's one question that everybody has to ask. The second question that I think everybody might ask, should ask, which we will ask, is what exactly is the status of Bitzalel. 
After all, if Bitzalel was an artisan, if he was somebody who knew how to do things that nobody else knew how to do, I mean, I can understand Moshe Rabbeinu receives the Torah. And the Torah says, you know, make a table, make a candelabrum, uh, make, a, make a small mizbeach, an altar, make a big altar. I mean, I can understand all of that, but still, you need professionals, artisans, to actually produce the stuff. It's not enough that Moshe Rabbeinu knew the Torah of the stuff, but you have to have some way of transmitting what it should actually look like. And that's what Bitsalo probably did. I understand that. What I don't understand is how much credit do you get for that? I mean, it seems to me that if you have a kablan, you have a builder who's building a building, so he's got a lot of people working for him with different skills. But he, the, the people with the different skills, they don't get credit for building the building. They, they didn't build the building. At the end of the day, Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who put the Mishkan together. He was the one who kind of took it apart, the put it together on the days that we call Yemei Miluim, the, 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 the beginning of Nisan. For seven days, Moshe Rabbeinu took apart the Mishkan, then put together the Mishkan, took apart the together, which sounds like an act of dominion of some sort, to show that he was the one who was really in charge. So if Moshe Rabbeinu was really in charge, what about, what about Bitzalel? What was he in charge of? What was he in charge of? So if we start from Bitzalel at the top of the page, we start with the problem of Bitzalel. So I just wanted to, one second. You could remember that Perak Lamed Bet 32 is this is the story of the Cheta Egel. So this is in before the Cheta Egel. It's before the Cheta Egel, a kind of still in the topic of Truman Tzabe, the topic of the Mishka. So by the Ve'a Shem Moshe Leimor, Re'ei, behold. We take a look at what's going on, Karate B'Shem, B'Tzalel ben Uri ben Chur Limatei Yehuda. Al Karati B'Shem, those two words, let me just underline. Karati B'Shem, I called out his name. So calling a name is a significant, something of significance. Hashem said to Adam Rishon, to the first man, go and call them names, referring to all the animals in the world. Apparently, when when something doesn't have a name, it's not designated as a word. In in such a case, in such a case, you really can't. I mean, I mean, it it lacks existence. So when when Hashem said to other Mauritian, go give them names. It was a kind of a way of saying, give them existence in the world that you live in, Adam Marisho. You could talk about them. You could talk about them. You have a cow. So you could say, here is a cow. This is the cow that I'm referring to. But if you don't have a name, 
it's lacked somehow in the creative effort. So here, I don't know exactly what it means. We'll see what the Ramban says. We'll see Rashi. Karata B'Shem. B'Tzalel ben Uri ben Chule Matei Yehuda. B'Tzalel, he's an important person, so he gets a kind of expanded name. He is the son of, who is the son of, from the tribe of. That's B'Tzalel. Karati B'Shem. So B'Tzalel, the Torah tells us in every possible way that B'Tzalel is a very important person. These are hard words. Not because we don't know what they mean, more or less, but we don't know how to translate those words uh, uh, precisely. So let's look at Rashi. Karati B'Shem. I called his name. Lasot Melachti. To do the work that I want to have done. Et B'Tzalel. Et B'Tzalel. Karate B'Shem, you add the word B'Shem et B'Tzalel. It's like the the verb is Karate B'Tzalel. Karate what? Karate B'Shem, that shame is the modifier. That's how Rashi, that's how Rashi understands it. It's not particularly, uh, not particularly confusing. Okay, then Rashi goes on to explain these words. It's like something that takes a certain kind of talent. You can't, not everybody can do it. An artisan. It refers to an artisan. Okay. That's what Rashi says. Rashi doesn't tell us too much about B'Tzalel. Except that he had certain kinds of talents. So Rashi says the first Rashi, Okay, that's what that's what Rashi says. The Ramban found this Rashi insufficient and decided to explain what was really going on. So he says, That's the posuk. Amar Hashem, the Ramban says. God made the following case to Moshe. He said to Moshe, Karati B'Shem, I called out this person, I called out his name. Moshe Amali Yisrael, and Moshe passed it on to B'nai Yisrael, right in the parasha of Ayakel, Yisrael, Re'u Karashem B'Shem. This idea of Karabashem is something very special. Vata'am. Along comes the Ramban. He's going to explain to us what Karabashem means. He, Yisrael bin Mitzrayim, when the Jews were in Egypt, they were exhausted, done in all the work they did with the mortar and stone. They didn't learn 
the kind of detailed work that you need to work with silver and gold and even stone like precious stones they, they had no connection to them to those things Israel in Egypt he says it's it's a miracle that they were able to find that God was able to find somebody in B'nai Israel who knew how to do all these things. Even Vaits, the Khoshaver came, somebody who can who can uh, work with cloth and work with with needles and etc. They, there was no one to teach them. They could never imagine that they could find one person who knew how to deal with all these different skills. And the people who did know and what work people who were involved with them and since they spent a lot of time with cement and stones and they 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 couldn't be expected to learn skills that were more precise and carefully honed the ode furthermore furthermore it is not only was he able to do all these other things, but he was a Chacham Gadol. And his Chachma is described in the Pasuk. And so the Ramban says, in order to build the Mishkan, you have to not only know how to do things that the Mishkan needs, but you have to be able to understand Soda Mishkan, whatever it is. I mean, we know that the Ramban thought that the Mishkan was the ongoing Matan Torah. They, they kind of, uh, Har Sinai morphed into the Mishkan. And so he said that Betzalel had this capacity to understand what the Mishkan was really about. So he wasn't just building a building. He wasn't just putting together directions that he got from the Lego that he bought. No, no, no. He knew exactly what it was. And that's all in that, in Pasuk Bet, Pasuk Gimel. It's about the soul. The secret of what the Mishkan is. You have, even if you don't know what the secret of the Mishkan is, you would probably agree that there is something to that, to that Mishkan. Uh, so the Mishkan, Mikol Kelav. Lavat Sivu. Mozu. So the Ramban said, those are reasonable questions. Why does the, why does the Mishkan contain whatever it contains? What is it that they tell us? Well, what are the hints that the Mishkan had? 
So God said to Moshe, this is the Ramban talking. He says, God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Re'ei, karati b'shem, which means, he says, what should you look at? What is Re'ei? Hey, take a look. Look here. Look at what? The Ramban says, Re'ei ha'pele hazeh. Pele is... A wonder. It's a wonder. And he will fill him with the Spirit of God. In order that he should be able to build the Mishkan. That God wanted for some reason to build the Mishkan in the desert. And he built it for the honor of God. Because he, he, Hashem, calls the Dorot, he kind of determines what's going to be in advance. And so the plan that God created for the world has to take place, and we know that when Hashem spoke to Yirmiyahu, he said, I knew you when you were in the, your mother's stomach that you would be a prophet. At the end of that pasuk, before you left your mother's womb, I, I designated that you would be a prophet. And as God gave you also about the past and the future, that the future is predetermined. So again, how did the Ramban explain the presence of, of, uh, of B'Tzalel? The answer is that since B'Tzalel was so unique, and you could test him. Do you know? Do you know what the Mishkan is all about? Do you know how to do work? How to work with gold? How to work with silver? How to work with stone? Yes, all those questions are. And there was nobody else like that. There was nobody. It was absolutely a miracle that he came into being. So that's what that's what Hakadosh Baruch is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu. Listen, Moshe Rabbeinu, you are you're special. Especially you're going to get the Torah, you'll get the Torah of the Mishkan. But B'Tzalel, he's also special, but in a different way. He's special because he's able to do everything that has to be done, and he also understands what the Mishkan, what the Mishkan is all about. That was, that was what B'Tzalel that's what B'tzalel, uh, what Hashem said about about B'tzalel. That's what Hashem said about B'tzalel. But you know, he he said B'tzalel was hooked into history at the beginning of history, and so he goes on. He, he says, Rabotenu Bazem Midrash. 
There is a Midrashic statement that the Chachamim made. And he said, the Pasuk, Re'eh. Again, what does the word Re'eh, what does the word Re'eh mean? According to the interpretation we've read up to now, Re'eh means take note. Think about it. Look carefully. Right? All of that is Re'eh. Along comes the Ramban. And the Ramban says, the Ramban says, Rabotainu, Bazem Midrash, Hera Otosif Roshel Adam Arishon. The book that is associated with the first man, which told how all the generations would come until the days of the Mashiach. Vamalo kol echad iktaktiv me otoshaani. He told him, he, Hashem, told, told him all the things that were going to happen, all the people that are going to appear. Uvitzalel me otoshaa itkanti. And B'Tzalel was there in the book, ready to become B'Tzalel from the time of the creation of heaven and earth. And that means that the Mishkan Yirmos Ba'elu And so what Chazal meant to say was that the story of B'Tzalel, a Mishkan Yermos Ba'elu, that the Mishkan is a necessary component of life after Matan Torah, and that will bring us, that will bring us to a greater understanding. So the Ramban, the Ramban said there's a, that B'Tzalel, not only was perfect for the job, but he was designated for this job. He was with the Mishkan. Just as the Mishkan would have to be built, so too would Betzalel have to build it. Betzalel would have to have to build it. So now, we've, we thought a little bit about Betzalel, helped by the Ramban. Now let's see uh, another pasuk. Perik Lamed Hey Pasuk Aleph is the beginning of the parsha of Vayakel. The parsha says Vayakel Moshe Kol Adat Bnei Yisrael VaYomer Lehem. He got everybody together, and he said to them, "Elad very much This is what you have to do. I'm about to tell you. Sheishid Yamim Teasem Lacha Biyom Ashvi Yelachem Kodesh Shabbat Shabbaton Lashem." And there's this pasuk about Shabbos. Now, what does Shabbos have to do with the Mishkan? Rashi says, "Vayachel Moshe lemacharad Yom Hakipurim sheyarad minahar." Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain the second time, the second forty days, right on Rosh Chodesh Elul, and he came down forty days later, which is the tenth day of Tishrei. 
the tenth day of Tishrei, as he said, Lebocharat Yom HaKippurim. Ba'akel Moshe, he came down on the tenth, and they got everybody together on the eleventh. Kshirad bin Ahar. Behul is shown Hifil, Rashi says. Those of you who have been to Ulpan, you might know what Hifil is. Why did they use the Hifil? Because he didn't want to think that he went and he grabbed people and he said, come to my meeting. They are collected. They are collected by his word. And the Targum of Unkulus Vachnash, I brought them together. Right? Sheshit Yamim. The second pasuk says, "Sheshit mit esem alacha, you'll do alacha." Ikdim lahem azarat Shabbat v'tzivui belechet abishkan. So this is what we learn that the that the uh, love, the negative of Shabbat, the things you're not allowed to do. Kol osebom alacha yumat v'tzivui belechet abishkan. You have to keep uh, uh, Shabbat above, beyond Melechad HaMishkan. Shabbat takes first. So if you have to work to build the Mishkan and you can't do it in less than a week, you have to stop working on Shabbat. Which means, I think, which means that there was a Havamina that you could there was some idea that said the Mishkan can be built on Shabbat. So the Torah had to come along and say that it can't, it can't be built on Shabbat. Another, another pasuk, Vayas B'Tzalel. It says in the pasuk, Vayas B'Tzalel, Perk that's a, a pasuk in today, Et Haron, he made the Aron at say Shitim, Amatim, Chesi Yakov, Amatim, Yakbo, Amav, Chesi Kamatos. So the Torah gives you the exact size of the Aron, but it still it doesn't tell you how it looks exactly. So why does it say Vayas B'Tzalel at Aron? So Rashi says the fish in Atan Nafshol Amlacha Yoter Mishar Chachamim Nikra Al Shemol. So that. You understand that according to Rashi, Rashi says he gave all of himself on building the Mishkan, more than any of the others. Nikrate al Shemoso, but Salel might have might have decided to build the Mishkan even on Shabbat. Right? But no. One more, one more pasuk. The beginning of the Pacha Pekudei. Ele Pekudei, Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'idut. Hashem Pekad Alpi Moshe Avodat Alaviyi Biyadi Tamar Ben Aron HaKohen. Pekudei HaMishkan, Mishkan Ha'idut. Now this becomes a critical pasuk. What does this pasuk mean, according to Rashi? Kudei. Kudei, the, the various commands that have to do with building the Mishkan. Zo nimnu kol mishkalei nidvat ha-mishkan. 
You know, that's the Pekudei HaMishkan. The amounts that you have to bring. Nimnu, they counted up how much gold they had to bring in silver and stone, etc. The Kesem Lizahav HaLechoshet. Silver, gold, copper. Vinimnu Kol Kelav LeKolav Odatav. And they counted up all of the all of the vessels that had to be built. And then the the word Mishkan appears twice. You see over here it says Elip Kudei HaMishkan but then if you read it HaMishkan, Mishkan HaIdut that the two words Mishkan are next to each other. So Rashi says Mishkan Shnei Pamim. Look at that. The word is written twice. One right next to the other. Remez Limikdash Nitmashken means that the, the Mishkan was taken away, was used as a, you know, in lieu of some debt that they had, and they didn't fulfill it. They couldn't. Remez Limikdash Shenitmashken Bishnei Churbanin. So the two Batei Mikdash were destroyed. So according to Rashi, Mishkan, Mishkan, the fact that it's written twice, there's a remez. It was, you didn't have to write that. You could have written in the Pasuk, Eilat Kudei Mishkan Ha'edut. You didn't have to say Eilat Kudei Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'edut. So Rashi, like Rashi, is disturbed by the fact that there's an extra word or a word that could have been avoided. So Rashi says, Shnepamim, when he could have had one. Remez, Lemikdashinit Mashkein, Bishnechurbanin, Alabonotein Shal Yisrael. So if that's the case, this Pasuk in Pukude, this Pasuk Pekudai, which Mishkan is it related to? The first Mishkan or the second Mishkan? But we have this idea that Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'edud, it's it just not going to last. Sharei Ha'edud, Mishkan Ha'edud. What is Mishkan Ha'edud? Ha'edud is... Uh, Eidut Yisrael. It's a witness for Bnei Yisrael. Shevitel lahem Hakadosh Baruch Hu. God forgave them. Al Maseh Ha'Egel. Sharei Shachinato Benehem. God forgave them for the building of the Egel Asahal, and the proof of that is, for that is, this pasuk. This pasuk, Ele Pikudeya Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'edut, that there is such a thing. There is a Mishkan Ha'edut. Asher Pakat al Pimoshe, Avodat al Viyim Tamar. Rashi, Mishkan Ha'edut, Eidut li Yisrael, it's a witness for Bnei Yisrael, Shevitelahem HaKadosh Bochu, that God forgave them. He kind of gave in to the pleading 
of Moshe Rabbeinu al Masah Eger Sharei Shashchilato Bedehem. They became Ishashchilato Bedehem. They became. So there is a, a kind of a. I want to do one more pasuk. Pasuk says, "Avodat alavim biadme." In a pasuk of Bet, Betzalel ben Uri ben Chulam at Yehuda sa et kol hashetzi ba'ashevet Moshe. Again, Betzalel, Betzalel ben Uri said, "Kol hashetzi ba'ashevet Moshe." What do you mean at Moshe? Hashetzi ba Moshe ain't tiv kan. It doesn't say he did what Moshe Rabbeinu commanded. He did everything that Moshe Rabbeinu commanded. Imagine that. Even things that the master Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell him to do. He understood what he understood, as we said at the beginning of Ayakel, you have to have understanding. Lema Shinemala Moshevi Sinai. He was he was kind of there. He was like a Torah recipient, just like B'nai Yisrael when they stood at Har Sinai. They all heard Anochi Hashem Elokecho. Betzalel was still standing at Har Sinai. He was still listening to the word of God. And he said, Ki Moshe That's what's the proof. Moshe commanded Lasot Kelim That's the that's Truma. Kelim Mishkan. First you build the vessels and then you make the tabernacle. Amalo Bitsalel. Minhaga Olam Lasot of the world. The minig in the world is that first you build a house and then you buy furniture. And not the, the opposite. He says, Well, it may be true, but I heard God told me first Kalim and then the house. Amalo Moshe. Amalo Moshe, Moshe said, B'tzel kel hayita. You must have been, I'm sorry, it must be Amalo, kach shamatim y'piyah kodesh borchu. That's what B'tzalel said. B'tzalel said, I heard from a kodesh borchu that first you build the house and then you build the... Amalo Moshe, B'tzel el hayita. You were you were in the shadow of a kodesh borchu. This is what God must have said to me. And that's what he did. So so there is, in the words of Rashi, which come from the words of Chachamim, there is, there is a distinction that is drawn between Truman Tetzave, Mishkan number one, and Vayakel Pekude, Mishkan number two. So I would like to make a suggestion. 
Mishkan number one is in the Torah before the Cheta Egel. That means that Mishkan number one came, remember the parashiyot of this book that we're learning, Shemot Ve'erev Bo B'Shalach, Yitro, Yitro is the Sarita Dibrot. After Yitro is Mishpatim, Torah, so that the Jews can accept the entirety of the Torah based on a larger amount of chukim that they learn from Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's Mishpatim. After Mishpatim, Truma Tetzaveh. More Torah. More Torah. And that would seem to me, Truma Tetzaveh, that's Bayetsheni. That's Bayetsheni. That's what the command was. The command was that they didn't have the Aseretan. They didn't have the Ten Commandments. They didn't have the tablets. They had had not gone up the Har Sinai yet. That, that, that's what, that's the command to build the Mishkan. And the command to, I'm sorry, the command to build the Beit HaMikdash. Build the Beit HaMikdash. When are they going to build the Beit HaMikdash? When they get to wherever they're going, because you know that the Ramban also said that they're going they're going, right, step by step by step according to the divine plan. And the divine plan ends with B'nai Yisrael building the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Beit HaMikdash, after the Chet HaEgel, after the Chet HaEgel, it was, became necessary, imperative, that there be a place because the people were not able to maintain the standard that Moshe Rabbeinu taught them about idolatry. Stay away from it. Don't get involved. Don't come near. Uh, uh, don't come near idolatry by any stretch of the imagination. All of this was made possible by the creation of by the creation of a mishkan of a tabernacle. You see that in the desert. The Jews had just experienced the Matan Torah they, in, in a place that was any place. It, it did not have specificity. It could have been any place. So that the building of the Mishkan in the desert was not the original idea. The original idea was they would take the Torah with them and wherever they went, they would have the Torah. Wherever they went, they could have it. Right? It didn't matter. They could have in any place. Any place was worthy because the people were worthy. But after the Cheta Egel, after the Cheta Egel, when the golden calf was built, the people were no longer able to maintain that standard and therefore they needed a place. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that, okay, we'll build a place. It's not going to be the final place. It's not going to be the place that that you want to be in for the rest of time. But it's going to be a place that it'll help you to get through the 38 years in the desert and then enter into Eretz Canaan, ultimately under the leadership of Yoshua Binun. Under the leadership of Yoshua Binun. So if we say it, we say it that way, B'Tzalel, B'Tzalel is the one who brought into the world the skills necessary for building the Beit HaMikdash it was if B'nai Yisrael, if B'nai Yisrael couldn't conquer their desire 
to participate in idolatrous worship, then how are they going to build the Beit HaMikdash? And you know that the book of Shoftim and the book of Shmuel eh, resounds with idolatry that B'nai Yisrael could not kind of get away from. They couldn't deny their inability to reach the heights that Moshe Rabbeinu demanded of them. They couldn't do it. So because they couldn't do it, they needed somebody who would kind of enter the skills necessary to build the Beit HaMikdash in the desert with Moshe Rabbeinu watching, with B'Tzalel watching. B'Tzalel, according to the Ramban, was a very special kind of person. So he could put those skills into the fabric of the people, which then would be used when they built the Beit HaMikdash. The point that I'm making is that there was a difference between Truma Titzava that took place before the Chet at least according to the order of things in the Torah, and Vayakel Pekude that took place after the Chet Ha'egel. And after the Chet Ha'egel, Vayakel brought all the people together. Pekude, he counted up all the gold and silver that they needed. That this, they were really doing it in Vayakal Pekudeh. They were making a Mishka because they had to make a Mishka. Even though the original plan was it'll all be done in the Beit HaMikdash. And it's not really necessary in the, in the desert. And if they needed Aaron, they needed the Ark to put the Ten Commandments in, to carry with them. Okay, so they would have an Ark, but there's no reason that HaKadosh Baruch uh, told Moshe Rabbeinu to build an ark, to build the ark that he would put the Ten Commandments in when he came down from the mountain the second time. But they didn't need the Mishkan. They didn't need the entire uh, place as a place of prayer and communication with heaven until uh, 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 until they sinned with that sin of the golden calf. So just to summarize, Truman Tetzave, the Beit HaMikdash, Vayakel Pekude, the Mishkan, building the the Mishkan. Of course, Truman Tetzave, some things looked the same, but there was no other way, no other way to present it to us. I mean, the walls of the Beit HaMikdash are not at all like the walls of the Mishkan, but that was the basic that was the basic idea, I think. And uh, enjoy listening to the parsha on Shabbos. All the best. Be well. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Shabbos.